thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we don't have our little hussy, little tart, little Kimmy. She's not with us right now because she's actually on a plane to Paris. Mm, mm, mm. Not sure quite how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) Either. I want to go. Oh, I'm so jelly bean. She's thumbing her way through the lavender fields in Provence. Oh, my goodness, with a group of people that she's taken over there. I think she does this every year, doesn't she, Cindy? She does. She goes somewhere, somewhere interesting, and I don't know why I don't go with her. (laughs) But anyway. We go. What's wrong with us? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't even think about it. It would have been fun. But you know what? Someone has to do the show, and that's you and me. And that's true too. Mm. So excitingly. Even though we don't have our Kimmy, we have a very amazing guest on the show with us. And this one, this guest is somebody that I've been working with for quite a number of years. So I'm very, very excited and very proud to bring him to the Up For A Chat audience. So we've got the amazing Scott Allen on the show with us today. And the reason that I wanted to bring Scott on is because, you know, Cindy, we talk a lot about health and well-being. We talk a lot about Western medicine and a lot about Western health and allied health and different techniques and strategies that can help keep our bodies well. But there's something that I guess is an alternative that we've never really discussed on the show. And for me personally, I, I love the Eastern philosophy. And, you know, most of the time when we bring questions up about what's going on with ourselves, I'll dive straight into the Eastern philosophy around, you know, mindset and psychology and spirituality. And it makes sense then that we would have an Ayurvedic practitioner Ayurvedic expert on the show with us today. And I think for me, I love the fact that Ayurveda has been said to be around for five or 6,000 years and possibly even longer, which makes it so much more of a mature system when it comes to looking at health and well-being and natural ways of supporting ourselves. So Scott Allen, you are the head of the yoga and Ayurvedic clinic here on the Sunshine Coast. And I'm so excited to introduce you to our listeners. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Karen. And uh, Cindy, thanks for having me. And I really appreciate uh, you inviting me to the meeting and and, uh, taking the time to ask a few questions and talk about these topics. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting show. Why don't you start off with telling us, Scott, before we dive into any of the juicy, meaty, gorgeous stuff, why don't you tell us about your juicy, meaty, gorgeous story about how you came about Ayurveda and why you chose that and your beautiful wife, Kim, who supports you as well. The two of you have been on such a journey together. Mm. Tell tell our listeners about how you guys met um, Mm -hmm. and what, what took you down the path of Ayurveda. Well, I guess, you know, like uh, many young people, you have a lot of, lot of questions about life, you know, and um, I, I had a fair few when I was, you know, 18 or so. And, and um, I guess that, you know, led me to moving from where I lived and, and experiencing different, um, you know, ways of life. And, and um, along that way, I, I met my wife, Kim, 
and uh, who was a yoga teacher at the time. And uh, uh, I, I was I was cooking as a chef at the time, and I had a real big interest in food, and I was you know starting to look after myself and and um, uh, you know for once in my life, which I hadn't done in the past. And uh, then I thought about studying you know something to, that had something to do with food, other than just being a chef and mm. making food look fancy. I wanted to know you know what 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 it was doing to my body and and how it could make me more healthy and that. And so through meeting Kim, because she had been doing yoga for some time, I, uh, she's, you know, I looked into studying uh, naturopathy, nutrition, dietetics, and then she said, why don't you look at Ayurveda, you know? And uh, that's how I got interested. I think I had a few, couple of consultations to begin with. Um, we're in India, so I got introduced to it over there as well. So slowly over, uh, over time, I interest built and it was mainly for my own health mm. um i really didn't have any you know i didn't have any major health concerns i was probably you know a little bit low on energy but probably my main thing is i was really i, I was looking for something that would give me a happy life you know something that where i could feel had some answers to that side of things and for me ayurveda kind of covered all those those aspects so not just about my physical well-being but a lot about my uh, mental and spiritual well-being as well i think it's really interesting you say you had some questions when you were younger um you know and, and you want you you were kind of a bit of a seeker you were searching for some for some answers to as you say the spiritual and making you happy mm. what do you you know what, what sort of questions were they what sort of questions used to keep you up at night that well, at the, at the time, you know, I was, uh, I probably had, you know, probably the worst part of my life uh, was around about, you know, 14 to 18 uh, when I first left and left New Zealand and sort of, you know, took off to Australia to find some different things. Um, and I, I, I think, I, you know, most of the time I was up late at night, I, I, I was suffering from insomnia. Mm. Um, I was... Uh, diagnosed uh, as um, for depression, and uh, they tried to medicate me for that, and you know which I wasn't, you know, too fond of, and it was kind of just messing with my mind a bit more. And um, at the same time, while that was getting addressed, I was, you know, suffering from alcohol abuse as well. Wow! So, so you know, I was getting getting involved in that, so I really wasn't in a good space, and I think. In, the, in that moment, I, I don't know, it was kind of like a moment where I was, I kind of felt like I was going a bit insane. And I think it was in that moment that I asked the question of, you know, like, I really want to know a bit more about life and what else is out there other than just this, you know, mm. than uh, drinking and abusing my body and just seeing, being involved where I'm just feeling lots of suffering, you know. So I think that just I I kind of mulled that over in my mind so much one one time that uh, I had a moment of clarity and that was just to go off and find it and uh, I think through the different steps of moving and and with that subconscious thought in your background for so long you just naturally start um, meeting people and, and that you know who are kind of guiding you in that right direction. It's amazing how that sort of thing happens when, well, there's two things that I think are amazing about just that part of your story is that 
people, even though you were going down that path of almost self-abuse and also feeling, you know, that, that sense of depression, there was a part of you that knew there was an alternative. There was a part of you that knew that that didn't feel right. Mm. And I think a lot of younger people, as they go through that phase in their lives, they do know that it's not optimal. They do know that there's something better for themselves. But I don't think that many, well, it's probably a very general statement I was about to make there, but I don't, I don't know that too many people know that there are, there are alternatives that will provide them just as much happiness and just as much sense of freedom and life and vitality. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, had, I had no idea. Like if you, if you mentioned anything like uh, yoga or Eastern philosophy or Ayurveda to me when I, around that time, I just would have, I, I wouldn't have known what you're talking about. You know, I'd, mm. like, what do, what do you mean? I don't know. You know, but no one, no, around that time, really no one is explaining much about life as well. You know, I mean, I've got good yeah. parents. But no one is no one is telling me or explaining about like you know what what is mind and and uh, you know what is what is body and what is spirit and any of these things you know so um, and I think when when you slowly start to get introduced to these questions getting answered then then it really you know it starts to, everything starts to make a bit more sense. I think that's the hard thing you know is it. There is, there is, that's not happening anymore. You know, there's not, like if you look at the Australian Aboriginal communities um, 200 years ago compared to now, it, they've mm. lost their culture, their traditions, their, their learnings, their resilience and, and all of those things. And, you, and we can say this about any culture around the world, but nobody talks about the white man's culture. And we're just in a, we're in a, as much a crisis as anybody else because we're not given those, you know, mind, body, spirit. It just seems to be the body at the moment. No one's thinking about the importance of the spirit and the mind. And I had a discussion with somebody and I said to them that the world's gone mad. You know, there's 5G, there's glyphosate, there's vaccine issues, there's everybody's got an issue about something and there's a you know there's activism about everything and mm. and they said you have to rise above that Cindy you have to rise um to what the spirit needs and you know and I I still don't comprehend that mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. but I agree with you I I think there's a lot of people that were probably in your position and I love the synchronicity of the people the right people came into your life at the right time in order for you to be where you are right now Mm. can you um explain what is ayurveda um well i mean there's there's many different definitions of ayurveda there's um sometimes it can be quite hard to explain but i guess uh really you you know you could call it a holistic uh medical system from from India, so it's an ancient way of uh, healing the body. But I guess more, more an ancient way of healing the body, so the body becomes stronger and you know looks after itself. Um, it's a it's a complete medical system. So you know they had like different branches of medicine for uh, surgery and um, uh, women's health and and uh, uh, infants and um, uh, diet and and, and all these different aspects to it. So it was a full, complete medical system from, from India, holistic medical system. And so when you talk about um, 
you know, there's a, there's a women's, there's a children's or infants, there's a surgery, there's all the different aspects. Mm. What, from your experience, and I know that this is probably a question that is, you know, maybe five hours long, but from your experience, <laughs> what do you think is the distinction between um, the, the Eastern medical system and the Western medical system? What do you think the difference is? Um, well, look, I, I learned both. So um, the difference is one thing that definitely, the, the similarity is, is they're talking about the body, you know. So they're, they're both talking about the body. Probably definitely Ayurveda's significant difference is it's not just body. It's, it's, it's about how you can nurture and look after you and understand your mind as well, that mind approach, and not mind based on, you know, your brain inside your skull. Uh, more, to, more, more to do when they talk about the mind. The mind resides in the heart center, and then from there stems out to all the different cells in the body. So uh, it has that. Uh, significant um, uh, difference w- with it, and then it has that element of um, so it kind of works on a tripod. You have the, you know, like the mind aspect, looking after the body, but then you have that aspect that's also you know um, understands the importance of um, the soul or the spirit or uh, something like that. So it kind of works off those three different like um, parts, and when you when you work off a system like that, you know you you have a uh, you know how to nurture and, and understand the mind. You know how to nurture and understand the body, and then you you understand about like your relationship with a, a soul or spirit. Then you have a really complete system. If you're just working off body, you can fix the body up a bit, you know. But then if the, the mind is just is is in a total rigid state or it's in a depressed state or agitated state, that there just has a physiological effect again on the body. So then it pulls the body back out of that imbalance, you know. So you're kind of just working back and forth, uh, you know, they're kind of ping-ponging off each other trying to keep each one balanced. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the significant differences. That's just huge. And when I think about people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, and, um, you know, there are many, many others, Dr. Bruce Lipton, there are many, many others now that are coming out and talking about that heart centre and they're talking about that, that um, mind-body connection. It's very different, of course, to what um, Eastern philosophy talks about, but there's, it almost seems like there's a slow creeping towards that holistic approach to health um, and, and, and wellness where we're starting to open our eyes that it's not just a physical issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see that in your travels? Oh, look, uh, in, in the clinic, uh, um, yeah, when you, I, I mean, that's the main thing that we're dealing with the majority of the time is, uh, is helping people to understand how they can keep their stress levels down how they can keep a more stronger, resilient um, mental state. Mm. And, and, I mean, that doesn't – and they might just be coming in for something with a digestion issue. And like I've mentioned uh, before, you, you know, we've spoke about it before, and, you know, even when it comes to treating digestion and they're like, right, give me – can you give me the, the herb that will help uh, get my microbiome right? Will you give me the herb that will help uh, set my digestive system right and 
I don't even give these people some herbs for their digestion at all and work more, more on stabilizing the mind and that aspect and bringing that to that to their attention. And you get a, you get a result just through that, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty significant. We, as part of our practice, we always include uh, bringing that understanding about the mind uh, with each client uh, into the equation as well. And that understanding is based on the um, three different gunas, what they call the three gunas. Like if you heard of Ayurveda and then you understand, oh, you know, there's a vata type, there's a pitta type, there's a kapha body type. Those are body types. Those body types have behavioral characteristics. And uh, a lot of the time people are assuming, right, those behaviors are to do with vata or that's to do with pitta or kapha. But what governs the mind is, and, and your different uh, ways of thinking are based on the three gunas called sattva, rajas, and tamas. So explain what each of those means. And they're just different qualities with, that the mind has too. You have to remember that Ayurveda is a, a system of medicine that uh, is develop, is, explains that relationship from consciousness to matter. So that matter is based on your five elements and your, your body type, your dosha or whatever. And within that uh, encompasses your three gunas of the mind. So three states of mind. And everyone has the three states of mind. It's sattva, rajas, tamas. Sattva can be classified as a clear state of mind. Rajas can be cleared as uh, understood as like an um, agitated state of mind. And tamas a more dull state of mind. So you all have these. We all have these combinations of uh, Sapwa Raja Tamas in us. And ultimately what Ayurveda is doing is, is helping to the person to get more a clear state of mind. So when you're in a more clear state of mind, then you can make more better choices, you're more resilient to certain situations. And ultimately, that's exactly what yoga is doing as well. So it's moving away from agitation and, and dullness to a more clear light and uh, um, clear feeling what i find um interesting is that when we asked you you know what is ayurveda and you said well it's very much like western medicine you know we have um, women's health and digestive health and things like that but western medicine segregates the brain and the mind from the body but it sounds like every single um, modality that's there is always the mind first. So, am, am I right? Am I hearing that right? Yeah, I, I guess you know that. I think that comes down to the individual pra practitioner too, and how they approach things. Maybe some um, Ayurvedic practitioners are more, you know, body based. But uh, I think you know, with our life experience between me and Kim, and and the way we approach the clinic, is we definitely approach it with a more. Uh, uh, looking after the mind and understanding the mind as well approach you know like that's why we even people come in you know we get them to do a checklist of these three gunas to see where they're at and um, you know if you're if there's too much rajas too much agitation or there's too much dullness you know why this is happening and, and how you can come out of it yeah so in terms of oh sorry Cindy. no go on go on so I was just going to say, so say somebody comes in and they, because I would imagine most people, um, you know, in Western society, they would probably relate to you and treat you the same way that they would treat a doctor. So if something's wrong, they go in and see you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not usually something I would imagine 
you know, if somebody's going to approach an Ayurvedic clinic for the first time, they might have stomach issues or they may have back pain or they may have, you know, issues with their health or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So they come in and they approach you that way. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you treating them and you sit down and say, well, tell me about your... Um, your mind state, you know, is it aggravated, is it dull, or is it, you know, clear and vital? Mm-hmm. How do people actually respond to that as a method of treatment? Because I'm sure they would be very surprised that you would go there as mm-hmm. part of the diagnosis. Is diagnosis a word that you even use? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it, it's something that, you know, like most people that come to Ayurveda, they're very new to it anyway, you know. Mm. So, you know, we always we never approach things with just going into straight away to to go. Okay, what is the mind state and things like this, and and never really worry about that to begin with, right. because you just you just when they come in for Ayurveda, you come you you know, like I've heard before, like when you're teaching someone Ayurveda, you're teaching them how to swim again. It's like teaching someone how to swim again. So it's only step by step process. You know, we go through, and if need be. You know, and you can see uh, some repetitive things happening in their in their life that things aren't changing in that. Then we bring up these uh, factors about like the letting the client understand about the nature of the mind. So when we start to include that part, we don't necessarily say, "Look, this is you know this is your dull state or or uh, agitated state or clear state." We just get them to do a checklist. You can actually feel through the pulse as well that, that those different states of mind, and then give them a bit of an understanding of that from that direction. So how they can go more forward uh, with their uh, wellness programs, you know. So how they can go more forward, better direction with their own health, and it's more just understanding if it's more rajas dominant, if it's more ta- uh, ta- tamas dominant, just working on old patterns you know old ways of thinking and old ways of doing things and stuff like that so it's just about bringing that to the surface and people are really uh um i think uh intrigued by that when you start to bring that element in it's just another dimension uh that they can add to their uh wellness program so they can look after themselves it's another way you can look at they can look at themselves on a daily basis of am I making the right choices? Am I thinking the right things? Uh, you know, what are the thoughts, emotions uh, and, and that that I'm having? How are they impacting on me? How, you know, which way, how can I make, you know, my life a much better life by maybe doing it a little bit differently? And have you seen, um, have you seen any trends or any, I guess, um, what am I trying to say? You know, as time goes on and Western medicine starts to identify different issues that could be potentially causing illness, um, you know, like the immune system or the gut microbiome or, you know, um, EMFs, are you seeing trends in people presenting with those sorts of problems? Are you seeing the same sorts of things? Um, I, think, uh, I think, yeah, these, these trends... Yeah, they definitely come along because, uh, you know, a person might come in and they say, I have uh, um, maybe what you mean by in terms of trend, 
maybe it means something like I have an intolerance or something like that. Like I have an intolerance to a certain food or intolerances to all these foods or allergies or something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, you know, become a lot more prevalent lately. Mm. And I, just thought, I, I was just curious because I'm sure a lot of doctors are seeing a lot more people saying, I have food intolerances or mm. a lot more people saying, you know, I'm so much more bloated. And, in, you know, mm-hmm. it, f- from the education and the information that's out there, it's, the answers are all gut microbiome and it's an immunity and it's gluten mm. this or whatever mm. the case might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was interested no. to see whether you get the same yep. patients coming in saying the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing because uh, they they're coming out into us with asking that those questions, and and the, but they're coming into us because they're not getting that result from what they've been told about their food intolerance or what they've been asked to avoid and things like that. There's, they're, they're like the problem is still there, and I'm, my health has improved. You know, they'll say I've made changes. And um, my health has improved, but the problem is still there. And I'm wondering what Ayurvedic understanding is on this that can help me out. And I think that's why people come. We're last resort for people, you know. When after all the quick fixes, after they tr- tried the mainstream and uh, and things like that, we're, we're people's last resort where they just want, you know, they've had enough. They want this just finished with. So definitely we see uh, lots of people come in like that and then we give them a different, it's it's not different because Ayurveda is trying to be different because it wants to uh, gain some momentum or anything like that. It's just a different perspective because this is the way it has been and what it's been taught in Ayurveda for thousands of years because it's worked. And that difference is just looking at, I mean, we don't look at food based on that nutritional value in Ayurveda. We look at food based on different qualities, different gunas. Uh, we, um, in Ayurveda, they look at the digestive system in uh, a different way as well. So once people get an uh, understanding of you know, food from a guna perspective, a quality perspective, and that quality doesn't mean like, oh, look, it's organic, it's biodynamic, it's, it's this or that. We, I'm not, we're not talking about that quality. Gunas are, are, are different qualities that have a different effect on each body. The, it has an action on the dosha. It has an actual action. It has an action on the tissue. There's seven different tissues in Ayurveda. It has an action on the waste that, uh, from the body. It also has an action on the mind, and it is made of two particular, uh, one or two particular different type of elements as well. So okay. those... Can you give an example of that? I was um, going to ask the same yeah. question. <laughs> so funny. You've asked all the questions I wanted to ask. It's been so synchronistic. It's mind-blowing at the moment, actually, how you've asked the questions I wanted to ask. I went, oh, my gosh. And, and then you've answered things that I've had in my mind, Scott. <laughs> I've thought it in my mind and then you just go and say it and I go, wow. So, yeah, yeah what, the answer, what is, give me examples of food because, you know, I'm a nutritionist, so I, it's yep. all about quality for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but obviously very, very different to what you're talking about. So let's um, have some examples of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And probably, you know, probably just even leading on from what you're saying, I, ha- I have to kind of laugh because, you know, I, have, I had a really, really good teacher uh, that 
it just propelled me forward amazingly with my um you know with my clinic uh, career and um he's, and he used to say ayurveda is just the, the, there's many different definitions for ayurveda like science of longevity science of um you know understanding oneself or universe um but he used to say I, the other one of the definitions he like is is ayurveda is just the science of remembering so it's it's actually everything's there <laughs> we know what it is yes yes it, yeah and it's just plucking uh plucking it you know yeah yeah i i, I hear what you're saying because i often hear people say we're just here to remind you and i know karen says it too we're just here to remind the soul the body the mind mm. what um it needs and yeah, it is it's we all know common sense but we've lost that ability to have that common sense and we all have lost our intuition so mm. please put some intuition and some remembering back in for us <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us about those examples of the food and the gunas yeah gun, gunas are um uh you know one one aspect on quality uh which you mentioned definitely always good quality we always look at and elevate it for sure like you know, we're always backing that uh, organic way of eating if you can. Uh, definitely, that's a big part. But guna uh, quality is based on the element of that specific specific food substance. So you have your each person is an individual constitution in Ayurveda. That's what makes it such a unique science as well, because it is individual medicine, right? Based on that individual person, their dosha, their genetic makeup. So you can be, you know, Vata Pitakafa. Pit, there are three different types. You can be many Vata Pitta or Pitakafa or whatever. And you, those each dosha is made up of specific elements. And then those elements in turn have specific qualities, right? Because everything in, in the world is made up of the five elements in Ayurveda. Space, yeah, fire, water, and earth. Five elements. Now, if you think about it, those five elements that they sustain life. You know, if if the space uh, uh, research people are looking for other places on different planets, they just they are looking for five elements. But if even without even thinking about the five elements, you know, they're looking for fire, water, space, earth. They need all these elements for uh, there to be life. So each element has a uh, a specific guna to a specific quality about it. So if that is in us, then that is those five elements are in everything, right? So we're interrelated with 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 everything. So different foods have uh, made up of these elements, then which have different qualities about them. For example, they'll and it's a very simple way of doing it. Say you have a quality which will be they call it guru, which is heavy. And it has an action, and that heavy action, because it is made up of earth and water elements, earth and water elements are naturally more heavier than the the space and air elements. It has a stabilizing action. Whereas if you take the lagu, which is light, it's opposite. It has, is more made up of space and air elements, so that makes it a lighter action. So therefore. That type of guna will be more appropriate for a kapha type that naturally has heavy elements. So kapha type means bigger body frame person, uh, more overweight person or something like that. 
whereas the guru heavy quality will be best for a vata balance and pursing that needs stabilizing. So the vata person is more thinner. They have a tendency for it's a harder weight to be put on the body. So we look at these different elements within food and how that affects that person and that's how uh, they look at nutrition. So let's just say cauliflower. Yeah. Question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to put that into context, understand certainly not understanding completely, not with the expertise obviously that you do, but if a person's saying, looking at the, you know, the farmer's market and they're looking at cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts Mm. um, and yogurt. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they're, let's say, we'll use me as an example. So I'm a vata with Mm. a kapha Mm -hmm. um, combination. So um, Mm. what explain a cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, yogurt in terms of those, those qualities. Yeah, sure. So, okay, so I guess this is a, it's a really different way of thinking, you know, when we're looking at this uh, uh, Ayurveda way of uh, looking at dietetics. There are many aspects to the dietetics as well, and this is just one part, you know, it's, it's not all of it. But, um, and I guess even when people come in to see me at the clinic, they're like, oh, you know, what about this and what about that? And I'm like, we're not... That's why you come to see me. You don't come in to get a, like a Western perspective in a, with Western terminology and stuff like that. You can see someone else for that if you want. Yeah. But here um, we're just explaining Ayurveda and nothing else, you know. So definitely we'll look at something like the yogurt and that will be more have the heavy quality to it. So then it's kapha increasing. So it can cause more blockages in the system. It can be too cold, increase too much mucus in that. So it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be advised to have and, and things like that. But then this is a different aspect about Ayurveda because we need each of the specific different tastes in the body too. And food can be altered to make it more compatible for that body type as well. So there's another aspect that they bring in called Karana, which means preparation methods so it will be more easily uh, uh, balancing to to that uh, body type uh, as opposed to causing more an imbalance so that type of thing uh, we would look at and then if you took it's the same thing you took a cauliflower broccoli it might have more light and kind of um, live aspects to it or astringent aspects to it or drying aspects to it in the terms of quality, then we would say that would that could balance imbalance vata. But then if you cook it and then you cook it with ghee and you cook it with spice and you bring out its natural energy within the food as well, then it starts to balance those doshas as well. So preparation is a major thing in Ayurveda and altering the food to make it more compatible to the body as well. Do you think they did that preparation with, you know, like the cinnamons and all of that beautiful, um, those Indian spices, do you think um, it was an intuitive thing? You know, in South America there's a, a tribe that say the plants speak to them and tell them what they should combine and what they shouldn't combine. And I'm just wondering 
um, is it the same in India? Was it an intuitive thing of their combination? Was it a trial and error of what that what spice they should cook with what food in order to change the um, what is it called again? Sorry, I'm not and I I don't know Quali- about it very qualities, well. Yeah, yeah, the qualities. So, um, how did how did that come about? How did they know? Like chai tea. Like look at chai tea. Mm, mm, yeah, like I mean, and, and when you make something like chai tea, that that's you know from an Ayurvedic understanding, that's like what they call that a more medicine. You know, when it's made the Ayurvedic way, it's it's more medicine. So mm. you're 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 boiling these spices to get the natural oils out of them, right? And then that is, and then when they make it in Ayurveda, they you put the tea and the milk in there at the same time, and it's had with milk. It's unhomogenized milk. So see, they see that drink as being both anabolic and catabolic so it helps to break down any toxins but also it's, it helps to nu- uh, nurture the body so all all ayurvedic uh ways of doing things and including eating has that balance you always some aspect there of like detoxification and rejuvenation are happening in an even balance you know always so i guess I'd, i a really hard question to answer because i always ask that too am i out of the how do they know this, you know? Like it's in, and when you look in Ayurveda, it's just, it's mind-boggling how they knew all these things. I mean, they knew the, um, uh, the different aspects of the body, like uh, the different doshas have subdoshas, and one of them in your mouth is called bodhikakatha, which means that's where your first stage of digestion takes place, you know? And I mean, I, I always think of that, and I'm like, and then you look at the Western perspective, they say the same thing. It's like, how did they know this, you know? Um, I, I can't answer that. I mean, I think, yeah, trial and error was definitely there. It, it would have to be. But they are um, very clear individuals. It was it was delivered from uh, what they call rishis or seers who are very enlightened, uh, knowledgeable people as well. Mm. Uh, look, I just find it fascinating. The Australian Aboriginal people, we know that um, there are many foods in the landscape that are toxic, but their knowledge of preparation makes them untoxic, you know, yeah, and it could yeah. be soaking, crushing, cooking, um, fermenting, whatever it is that they did, they were able to, consi- you know, eat the food in the Australian landscape, especially out in the middle of nowhere. They um, ate Nadu and Nadu is a seed that if you eat it raw, it will take Mm -hmm. B1 out of the system and you will die slowly of a B1 deficiency. And they say that that's what Burke and Wills died of. Mm -hmm. Yet the Australian Aboriginal people knew that it had to be soaked overnight, crushed, soaked, and then it had to be cooked in order for them to make um, a bread out of it. And that's just one food. What You you look at the foods around Australia. And so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, the Indians must have done this. In some way, for them to have that incredible knowledge, I, I remember as a nineteen-year-old reading the book um, *Clan of the Cave Bear*. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was um, based on a time when um, a lady by the name of Alia, um, her parents died, and she was brought up by Neanderthal man, mm. and she was human. And it was her knowledge of the herbs and, and everything like that. And that's what got me as a 19-year-old interested in herbs and nutrition and food. And But I never learnt that when I went to uni, I've got to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was very disappointed when I went to uni, but maybe I should have done Ayurvedic. It just sounds 
incredible, Scott. Absolutely. Yeah, it it is, you know, it is. When you, especially when, you know, like the more and more I go along in my clinic, the more and more uh, changes you see in individuals and like deep changes and they're nothing. You know, I always say to people, even, you know, even the ones, you know, suffering really bad chronic diseases, there's no fancy stuff when you come in here, you know. There's no, there's no uh, quick fix and we're going to have you feeling fantastic, any of that. You, you, it's going to take time. But when you put the effort in, you put your focus there, it will definitely pay off and, and it always does, you know. I mean, you see people with arthritis and things like that and you explain these things, you need to do it for this long and like that. And you say, and you know, I had, had one guy come into my clinic the other day and he's like, oh, my, my hands are just perfectly normal now. I'm, I can do all my work. And, and, uh, but he's been putting the effort in for you know, a, a good year and doing the things he's meant to be doing and things like that because he's understanding the Ayurveda as we go along. You know? It's not something you get from one consult. It's you know, just a, yeah, it's getting involved and, and, um, and that type of thing. But it's really beautiful to see that happening. You know? It's not just a – we're not giving him a like a – uh, like an anti-inflammatory approach, you know, like, oh, well, here's all your anti-inflammatories. It's more than that. We're looking at things a lot differently, and that's what makes it so effective. And I guess it takes us a little bit of time to remember what we've got to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's about awakening uh, that innate intelligence that's within our body and feeding it the right things in order for it to you know, be healthy itself. And we have this belief, I believe, in, in Western medicine that there's a one-fix-all. Like there's so many multi-level marketing mm. people out there and it's like this is all you have to do. You don't have to change anything mm. else, not your lifestyle, not the sunlight, not the sleep, mm. not, not mm. the food that you consume. You just have to take this and you'll be fine. And I hear this mm. every week it feels like and mm-hmm. I love the fact that we're starting to realise that it's not a one fix all, one pill, one fix all for all. It's it's actually very very different. Mm. Uh, now I want to go back to the cauliflower. <laughs> oh, oh, I do, I do. I want to go back to the cauliflower because how do we prepare cauliflower in order for it, and what do we prepare it with? Because cauliflower is one of those foods that yeah. is not the best for me, and yeah, I know yeah. it. But I yeah. want to know, is there a way I can prepare it and what can I add to it in order for my body to be able to mm. handle it? And I know you don't know me, but I'm just wondering, is there a that, that magic yeah. little yeah. way? Yeah, yeah, to- totally, you know, because it uh, even, even you know, there's, there's aspects that we look at that, you know, maybe this this way, uh, this food substance might, might not be best for your constitution or this one might be okay, but... Then, if you change it and alter it a little bit by cooking it or preparing a different way, it will be. Um, so, com- coming to the cauliflower, def- definitely, you know, because you know, if you look at all, if you go like many people go online and they hear about Ayurveda and they'll go, okay, I looked at the online list of what I should avoid from Vata, I looked at the online list of what I should avoid from Kapha, and then Petra or whatever, and they're looking like, oh, I don't know, I can't eat anything, you know. And it's like, well, this is a different, you know, this is a special thing about Ayurveda is when you're cooking, you're cooking specific for your agni or your digestion, you know, and then you're at, you know, you're taking a few things out that are, that don't suit the constitution as well. So d- definitely food altering and preparation is big there. So 
if you take something like uh, cauliflower, it would be seen or classified as like um, being more aggravating to like a Vata constitution. So it will create more wind, it would create more gas and uh, more coldness in the body. So that can be Vata aggravating, that can cause the bloating, that can cause a discomfort in the stomach, that can cause, uh, you know, lead, lead on to, you know, things like constipation and things like that. That can then affect, you know, things like uh, uh, the function of the menstrual cycle and stuff like that. So in order to have the cauliflower, uh, it's not that you have to make cauliflower the bad guy or anything like that, but in order to, to, to make it more compatible for the body, you cook it, and when you cook it, you cook it with spices like cumin seeds. You cook it with um, ajuan seeds because the ajuan will help to neutralize the gas formation from these kind of gassy type vegetables. And you can, even if that is not working, you can put some hing in there or asafoetida, which helps to neutralize that gas formation from these uh, gassy forming foods, similar to like uh, cooking lentils and things like that too. So if you cook it that way, it will, and cook and cook it well, you know, especially the cauliflower, give it a good, uh, um, a really good cook and that will help. And you, and if you use the ghee on top of that to cook it with, mm-hmm. and if you're not a ghee fan, that's cool. Oh, no, I'm a ghee Mate, fan. Ma- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the spoonful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so if you look at all those aspects, or you make something called like a subji, you know, which is just means well-cooked vegetables, uh, like then you might have it with that and a few other veggies or something like that. Then that will make you'll find that you shouldn't have any issues with that. You know, good. I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> it's it's so fascinating. I went and did a um. I've, well, I've done heaps of different cooking classes with Scott, and it's so interesting to see how Ayurveda is almost a process when it comes to food. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. I could be way off on this, but it's almost to me it feels like with what I have taken in is that when I'm eating my food, mm. when I'm eating a you know according to the Ayurvedic um, way, I'm eating for health. I'm not just eating for enjoyment. I'm eating for the mm. health of my body, mm. and I'm almost experiencing the Ayurvedic cooking methodology almost as alchemical. Yeah. So previously and i'm somebody who likes to try lots of different things to try and figure out what's going to be best for my body Mm. and so previously i've been raw vegan for i don't know 10 years or so Mm. and it's so interesting to see how cooking the food using the certain spices Mm. Mm -hmm. makes me feel lighter yeah takes away the bloating yeah um, and I, I, I would never, have, I would never have even considered that because I would have always thought that eating raw food, mm-hmm. um, you know, I never need to eat, you know, I don't, don't need to eat that much when I'm eating raw food because it's so nutrient dense and, and you physically can't eat a half a cauliflower. Mm. You know, mm. you can only have a couple of florets and then you're done. <laughs> but it's, it's so interesting to me the way that when you do your cooking classes, how you get your butter. You pop it in the in the pot and you boil it until the milk solids mm. leave it, mm. and that makes the ghee. And it's changed the chemical composition of the ghee to make it more digestible. Yeah, yeah. And then the spices in the milk is what makes it more digestible. Mm-hmm. And talk to us about 
talk to us about your approach to the food allergies because I love that when I spoke to you about that and you said you see people coming in with this great long list, as I did, of mm. all of the things that mm. we're allergic to. Tell us about how you approach that. Mm. I think that's gold. Yeah, I mean, there's a. Uh, I mean, if, when this happens, when person is at that stage, you know what I mean. First, they come in really anxious about food, you know, which is it's sad to see, you know. I mean, um, they don't know what to eat, you know. Things affect them really badly, and things like this. And then they told all this bad news and this and that, and it makes things. It seems to you know create some real, real uh, feel fear behind that food too. So. Basically, if you're getting, if if you're going to get that test and going to be or tests done and things like that, unless it's something, you know, I mean, if you're celiac, you're celiac. That's a different thing. Uh, you're you're born with that. That's fine. Um, but um, most of the time, when people get these tests, they have in them what they uh, Ayurveda calls ama. So that ama means it's like like it, it's a generalized term for toxins and that armor can be of a different type it can be like a more vata armor uh, which is more drying or it can be more pitta armor which is too too heating but and or it could be kapha armor where it's kind of blocking all channels so when armor has disturbed the digestive system it disturbs its natural chemical uh, balance in that digestive system then, of course, you're not going to be able to eat lots of different foods. So when you get tested or something like that or food allergy tested, you, your body's not really in a prime state anyway, so it's not in a balanced state. But when we work with the client uh, to get there, we look at the digestive system, we do a diagnosis through the tongue. You can un- understand that the arm is there. You, you can feel through the pulse that digestion's not right. Uh, you can maybe look in the eyes. And understand there's been a history of long history of digestion problems. When we start to eliminate the ama from what they call anavahashrota, so they they have their digestive system, like just like GI tract that they call in modern terms, they just call it anavahashrota and Ayurveda. When you when you start to eliminate all the toxicity out of their area by educating them what they can do in the morning, these are the herbs that that are anti ama uh, uh, herbs, and then if you prepare the food this way, you'll be able to definitely digest that again and then, you know, you can be free from some of these uh, allergies and things like that because there are no allergies in Ayurveda. The allergy only means there is armour in the body and the body's not dealing with uh, that, uh, certain situations or certain foods and things like that. Scott, why do you think there's more of that happening in the last decade or 15 years than there has been? What? But no, nobody was complaining about it when I first started nutrition 40 years mm-hmm. ago. So why is there more happening now? Is, it, is there something on a conscious level, unconscious level, um, mm. physical plane that is, is causing it? Or are we just not taking the time to prepare our food properly? Yeah, I, I, guess, um, I guess there's, uh, uh, you know, um, there's just uh, people not uh, not putting themselves first to look after themselves and just rushing too much, you know. It's just all about the rush, uh, rushing too much and, 
and and not understanding how their body's feeling and and um you, yeah there just seems to be a lot of rushing and um and then allergies come up and um you know i guess there's that loss of connection somewhere along the line from you know how you because people are living in more isolated you know they're not living with their mum and dad anymore they might be on the other side of australia they're not living with their grandparents anymore so there's some kind of loss of information getting transferred as well you know and things are a bit harder in that aspect when you're independent like that as a family so uh i I guess all those things add add to the equation so people just doing their best and so common sense is a little bit lost there and education on what to do is a little bit lost you know like the little kids come up with all the allergies and things like that too but in Ayurveda it's like there's there's no allergy you know it's just like we has an allergy to milk but no in Ayurveda doesn't have an allergy to milk you just need to have the milk in the most wholesome you know in this terms buy the best quality buy the organic milk but you need to boil it you need to boil it and then you need to add the spice in it and that will make it more accessible for the body as well you know and when they start doing things like that they they get the difference but yeah I guess I guess that's that could be some of the reasons why these things are coming up you know fear marketing all those things can be this I guess it's dynamic I think it's interesting that you say that because I think intuitively we really have lost touch with how our bodies work and what makes us feel good we're not present you know we will eat a whole bunch of stuff that makes us feel like hell or we, we, we lose energy or we feel bloated or we get pains and aches and then you know we'll start paying a little bit of attention and then saying that it's all food allergies. But I think if we had that beautiful hand-me-down information that's come from generation after generation after generation, like the Indigenous people, like you mentioned, Cindy, and obviously, you know, in Ayurveda it's handed down, Mm. then we would know how to prepare our foods properly. We would know how to listen to our bodies. Mm. We would put ourselves before stress. Mm. You know, we would we would live more wholesome lives. And I love, you know, you said this to me the last time I went in for a consultation with you. You said Ayurveda is like the science of longevity. Mm. And it's almost as if once you or once a person builds a relationship with an Ayurvedic way of mm. relating to their food, their mind, their body and their soul, then it becomes a mechanism for health rather than the way that we treat, you know, the way that, most people work with their doctors allopathically is they go in when they're sick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I can see that somebody would be sick to start off with with, that, with Ayurveda, but once they build a relationship with Ayurveda and understanding what that's all about, mm-hmm. like you say, it becomes, a, it becomes a, a, a science of longevity where you keep yourself well mm-hmm. by maintaining those, you know, those ways of, of relating to food and relating to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, what they say, like they say in Ayurveda. You know, there's drowning in a sea of information, but starve for knowledge. That's one of the uh, things that comes up. You know, and that's what Ayurveda is. It's that knowledge. That's it, it. It's always been there. There's nothing has changed about the advice or anything like that. It's just like this is it, and it's like that. And I mean, when you first take that approach on as a practitioner, you're like, yeah, there's there's doubt there. You know. You doubt it, you, but you, you, you implement it on your life. And, I mean, I brought up my children before they were even born. We, we uh, started looking after ourselves and we brought our, all our children up on 
um, you know, Ayurveda and the vegetarian and they don't have any allergies. We take, we take them places here, there and everywhere and everyone says how well your kids are behaved and things like that and we don't normally see that and, and then I don't tell them anything, you know, I don't, I'm just like, oh, what do you, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, they're just good kids, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, but if if I didn't prepare the milk properly for these kids or I didn't prepare certain things properly for them, then they would develop an allergy for sure, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, so before we finish up, because we're coming to the end of the show, and I'm sure, Cindy, you've got 100 more questions. Oh, I've just loved this. I have just, you know, I, I love Indian food and I love the curries and I love all of that beautiful thing, but I didn't comprehend um the whole thing about it so i've really enjoyed this thank you so much yeah yeah well thank thank you uh, as well uh, cindy i mean I've, I've i've seen you around for a long time you know and um you know read different things about what you're doing in that and uh, you know it's all uh, i've always loved it you know i've always thought oh this is a cool this is a good direction you know for people it's whole food it's it's just uh, keeping things simple and things like that, which is uh, really good. Yeah, quality and quality and how we prepare it is it's is my mantra, and it's obviously you know part of the mantra of the Ayurvedic, but in a very different way. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show, and I and I really hope. And Scott and I had this conversation um, earlier, but I, I just, I just. My wish and my hope is that um, the Ayurvedic philosophy and the Ayurvedic um, way of relating to life becomes more prolific for people and we start to feel a lot more inner peace and inner calm when it comes to the very things that sustain us. So go Ayurveda. Let's, you know, for everybody that's listening to the show, find your local Ayurvedic practitioner. If you live around on the Sunshine Coast or Brisbane or the Gold Coast, make your way up to to Budrum and make your way over to meeting with Scott and Kim and just have a session with them and then indulge in some fantastic massages. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the Ayurvedic massages, they're all about healing and well-being, but I can tell you now, hands down, there is no better treatments. <laughs> there are no better treatments than the Ayurvedic treatments. There's just nothing compares on the marketplace, nothing. Mm-hmm. Scott, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. So for all of our listeners, how can they track you down? What's the best website? Where can they go to to find out more about you? Well, you you know, you can go. There's a website we have, uh, yogaayurvedacenter.com.au, uh, and, uh, you know, you can read more information on there or you can uh, just uh, call us, you know, make a booking. You can, you know, you can go on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Uh, social media too and and um you can also read all the beautiful things people have written on there that have come in in the past as well oh fantastic so yoga ayurveda center.com.au yeah that's right fantastic well thank you so much for being a part of the show it's been an absolute honor to share you with everybody really really enjoyed it and thank you for your wealth of knowledge yeah yeah thank you karen thanks uh cindy really appreciate it so for all of our listeners, hopefully you guys have really gotten something out of today's show. It's just another perspective and another way to look at the way that you manage your health and your well-being for yourself and for your family. Investigate Ayurveda. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. 
honestly, I can't speak more highly of it in terms of education and um, comprehension that just makes sense. And it allows you to intuitively pay attention to what your body needs and what your heart needs. <sighs> Anywho, I could go on too. <laughs> so for all of you guys who've got any questions or comments, um, if you want to know anything more, just hit us up at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You can also go to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And what I also want to say while I've got you guys here on the show, don't go anywhere just yet. You are not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. We were inundated when Kim, Cindy and I decided to do a hike to Mont Blanc, starting at Chamonix and then hiking around the beautiful mountain of Mont Blanc for 160 kilometers <laughs> in September 2020. We were inundated and we sold out. We have just had two spots come available from a couple that just can't make it. Their plans have changed and they've had to go and um, make other commitments. So we've got two spots available, guys. So if you're interested to come and join Kim, Cindy and myself and 15 others on a 13-day hike around Mont Blanc and then add five sumptuous nights on top of that doing a five-star gastronomical food tour through Lake Como in Italy, led by our fabulous Cindy. If you're ready to come and join us or you want to find out more, email me. Email me personally at info at karensmith.com. So go ahead and do that if you want to know more about it. We've only got two spots and we can't hold them. So please make sure that you get in and get in quick. Anyway, make sure that you join us here next week, right here on Up For A Chat, where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the Ayurvedic ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.